There are two catechisms on our book table. One is called an Orthodox Catechism. And some of you have been here long enough to have uh, endured me going through that catechism twice over the years, all hundred and whatever questions. In the 28th and 29th question and answer of that catechism, we read this. Why is the Son of God called Jesus, that is, a Savior? It's a good question. And here's the answer, because he saves us from our sins. Neither ought any safety to be sought from any other, nor can it be found elsewhere. And then question and answer 29. Do they then who seek for happiness and safety of the saints or of themselves or elsewhere believe in the only Savior, Jesus? Answer is no. For although in word they boast themselves of him as their only Savior, yet indeed they deny the only Savior, Jesus. For either Jesus is not a perfect Savior, or that those who embrace him as their Savior with a true faith possess all things in him which are, which are required unto salvation. So you know, if you don't, I'll tell you, the Catechism has three main parts, our guilt, God's grace, our gratitude. Uh, man's misery, God's provision in Christ, and our response to his provision in Christ. Our gratitude shown in our dependence upon him in prayer, our gratitude shown in our obedience to him, an exposition of the Ten Commandments. This uh, section on 28 and 29 deals with uh, the Son of God. And it's a very important section because it is expounding, at least in part, um, the section in the Apostles' Creed that deals with our Lord Jesus Christ. It's actually questions 28 through 51. The bulk of the catechism, I think, is, is given toward the incarnate Son, who he is, his identity, what he's done, his work, and his benefits. But let's go back to the 28th uh, question and answer, and then I'll do an exposition of it. Why is the Son of God called Jesus, that is, a Savior? The answer, because he saves us from our sins. You can hear Matthew 121 there. Neither ought any safety to be sought from any other, nor can it be found elsewhere. So it's important to note that these questions and answers are focusing on, on the Son of God in his incarnate state. This is the Son assuming human nature for the work of mediation and the accomplishment of our redemption, the full accomplishment of our redemption. We don't believe that he did his part in terms of accomplishing redemption, and then we put the finishing touches on the work of redemption. The work of redemption is, uh, is uh, accomplished fully outside of us and a long time ago by the mediator himself. This is why the question, the answers especially, are framed the way they are, because this is a post-Reformation document, and they were dealing with the mixture of God doing his part, man doing his part, some sort of a semi-Pelagian uh, doctrine of salvation. This, is, this wants to give all the glory and all the honor and all the accomplishment of redemption exclusively to the incarnate Son of God. 
The question, why is the Son of God called Jesus, that is the Savior, identifies one of the names or titles given to our Lord during the time of his earthly mediatorial work. Jesus. You don't read of Jesus until the New Testament, until the the Savior is born. Uh, Why was he called Jesus, which means Savior? The answer is, because he saves, okay? And what does he save us from? Our sins. He saves us from ourselves and our own uh, guilt. Neither ought any safety to be sought from any other, including ourselves, nor can it be found elsewhere. So exclusive right of saviorhood is given to Jesus and to Jesus alone. You can hear, I said, Matthew 121 uh, in the answer. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You've got to love the, the power in that language. For he will save his people from their sins. There's a promise, Right? Maybe sometimes you don't feel like you're being saved from your sins, but he will save his people from their sins. These are the words of the angel who appeared to Joseph in a dream. The ministry of angels is a weird thing in Scripture. Jesus, in Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament, is Yeshua or Joshua. I know some of you know this. Joshua in English. And means the Lord saves. Even the Old Testament names Joshua, Yeshua, the Lord saves. You think of Joshua as far as his ministry goes. Moses disobeyed God and was kept from entering the promised land. God raises up the Lord saves Joshua to take the people across the Jordan into the promised land. You think that has anything to do with maybe a greater Joshua, who's going to take his people into the ultimate consummate land? I think it does have something to do with it. Very much so, typology. It's interesting to note that Joshua is a key figure in the history of the Old Testament people of God, as well as the title of the sixth book of the Old Testament. Joshua took the people of Israel into the promised land and conquered many of her enemies. Did he conquer all of her enemies? No. Some? Yes. The conquering of enemies, do you think that can be somehow, some way, ultimately pointing to a greater conqueror who conquers greater enemies than the enemies that were in the, I think, think so as well. He was the leader of God's people just after Moses led them out of Egyptian bondage, the Exodus. So here I have in my notes, could it be that Joshua was a type finding his antitype or fulfillment in a greater Joshua? who would take the people of God into the eternal state, Emmanuel's land, that to which the rest of Canaan pointed, and the answer is yes. He's called Jesus because he saves us from our sins. Sin is a transgression of the law. It incurs or brings with it guilt. That is, we are justly liable to be punished by God, For our sins. 
But he is called Jesus because he saves us from our sins. He does exactly what his name indicates, Jesus or Savior. But this also implies something. It implies that he is the only way of salvation from our sins. There's no other way to have your sins to be saved from your sins. There's only one way. Matter of fact, we read that in Acts 4.12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. So refuge, a safe place, from God's wrath, forgiveness of sins, favor with God, help from God, all of these are found in Jesus and Jesus alone. So Mary can't help us. Dead or living saints can't deal with our guilt. This is why Hebrews 7.25 is also cited in the Catechism. Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. There's the Heavenly Mother is not an interceder for us. Okay. This is why we sing, None but Jesus, none but Jesus, none but Jesus can do helpless sinners good. So his name, Jesus, indicates who he is and what he does. You know, our... Our name indicates who we are, um, but it doesn't always necessarily indicate how we act. You know, if you named your son Valor, Wisdom, something like that, he would have not lived up to his name real quick. You know, or daughter as well. Jesus lives up to his name, though. He is the Savior. He's the exclusive Savior. He's the only Savior. He's our only. Hope. He is the Savior who saves sinners, the only one who can do sinners good. Question and answer 29. Do they then who seek for happiness and safety of the saints or of themselves or elsewhere believe in the only Savior, Jesus? And you know what the answer is going to say? No, it's not Jesus plus I get help from Jesus, he does me good. I get help from Mary, she does me good. I get help from dead saints, they do me good. I get help from my pastor, priest, whatever, they, they, they do me good. Only Jesus can do sinners good. That's the point here. Here the catechism highlights what we could call the exclusivity of Christ as, as Savior in all respects. That's why 1 Corinthians 1.30 is cited, which says, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. In other words, everything we need is to be found in him and him alone. We're not to look for secondary saviors. We're not to look for tertiary saviors. There is one savior that does sinners good. It is Jesus. As far as that which is required of salvation, full and final, it is to be found 
in Christ and in Christ alone. There is no true happiness and satisfying of satisfaction of soul to be found in the saints or ourselves or any other person, place, or thing. This is why we sing this. Savior, if of Zion City, I through grace a member am, let the world deride of pity. I will glory in thy name. Fading is the worldling's pleasure. All his boasted pomp and show, solid joys and lasting treasure, none but Zion's children know. The world can and does boast all its pomp and show, its fading pleasure, but solid joys and lasting treasure, none but Zion's children know. What a great line. May we trust him and him alone for all the good that we need for the eternal well-being of our souls and the strengthening of our souls until we're with him. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. Thank you for sending Jesus, the Savior of sinners. Thank you for the name that indicates what he does, saves us from our sins. Now bless as we uh, see this gospel, this incarnation uh, reenacted in a sense in the supper, the bread representing the incarnate son's body, the, blood, the wine representing the blood that he shed for the remission of all of our sins. Bless it, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.